Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 116. Let's roll, baby. And uh, we are week 16 of the NFL football season. The final two weeks, semifinal week of your fantasy football life. And uh, it's a very irregular week. There's some quarterback injuries. There's now some teams even we wouldn't have expected it. I mean, three weeks left to go, but there's some teams that kind of have it sewed up. I mean, it's a very interesting, um, you know, uh, divisional race and everything, a conference race, playoff race, because it's almost solved. It's like there's very, very few races. I mean, even the home field, it's very strange. Um, so teams are a little bit less inclined, I think, to kind of play for, you know, the two or the three seed when they, play, you know, who gives a shit, you know, it's like, it doesn't really matter. It matters a little, but not as much. And, but of course we, we see teams never lie down. I mean, shoot the Owen 13 jets didn't even lie down when they could have gotten Trevor Lawrence. Instead, they ended up drafting Justin Fields, which is wait, no, no, they didn't. They took Zach Wilson. Oh my God. What a mistake. Who could have seen it coming? Oh my God. Let's dunk on the Jets all day. This is, I'm not going to have a guest this week. We're just going to dunk on the New York Jets. No, I can't because they have a better record than my awful Patriots who are throwing moron passes into the backfield. Oh my God, I'm in pain. Let's just call it a show. Forget about it. Let's just end it. Nope. Instead, I'm going to bring out the Godfather, the man, the myth, the legend. Y'all know him. Chalk. You can find Chalk on Twitter. Seldom, but you can find him there. At 101 Chalk, he is the chalk of the fantasy industry. What is going on, my brother? Chalk, talk to me. Brother, uh, it's been a while, man. Maybe too long. Um, but, you know, catching up with you pre-show, pre-gaming a little yes. bit. Yeah. You know, got me got me inspired, you know, a little bit. Maybe maybe I'll, maybe I'll come back to the Twitterverse sometime. Maybe. Um, but, you know, I've been enjoying life outside of the Bird app. Um, <laughs> you know, staying busy and still working behind the scenes, so to say. Although, yes. um, I think there's quite a bit of work to be done, um, like we were talking about. And, again, I'm just happy to be back, happy to talk football, life, just catch up with you a bit. And, yes, you know, just see what we can give the listeners today. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I mean, if I had only, you know, if I didn't have guests and I just wanted to you know, have one, one, one person do the show with me. Of course, I just call my buddy chalk and we would do the show together. It's a lot of fun. You're my homie. Um, my partner here at the undroppables, but you know, we, uh, we love talking on this show with a bunch of different people and, and with how often we have you on, you're one of those people. You're just here every now and again, which is a lot of fun. So we get a fresh perspective, but one thing I've always said about you and for those new listeners who don't know chalk and may, may not have, you know, um, ever heard him or know of him, he, kind of made his way, uh, you know, in this industry by being one of the sharpest players, runs chalks, chalk leagues, uh, you know, founded the undroppables, is kind of the man behind it all. I call him the godfather. Um, he's a friend. And, you know, we used to go way back when we first got into this thing, we would be dancing in the same Twitter streets in fantasy football, and we would sort of trip on each other and have the same take. And we'd always throw the Spider-Man meme back and forth at each other because it was like, like looking in a mirror. And then when we met each other, we look like identical twins. We're like, it's hard to tell us apart when you see us together. Is that true? 
Yeah, man. It's like it's almost like you know my mom. You know, yeah. had another 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 man in the life, and yes, had another baby without me knowing. Exactly. Um, it's look looking in the mirror. Really, is what it is. When know. you and I stare into each other's eyes, it's no different. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but having said all that, we do see eye to eye on a lot of stuff when it comes to fantasy football, which has made this partnership very fun. But the most fun we have is when we disagree. I don't think we're going to disagree on this. I wanted to, I almost started this before you came out. I was going to go on a rant. It wasn't the Zach Wilson one, although that was fun. That was fun to kind of dig them a little bit. I mean, they had Justin Fields. Had they, had they consulted with Dino Game Theory and about 20,000 other fantasy football, uh, you know, analysts, they would have pushed the button immediately for Justin Fields and been correct. Imagine that team with Justin Fields, dude. Holy shit, that defense, the running attack. The weapons, they would be very good. The Jets would be very, very good with Justin Fields. I will tell you that. Uh, history proves Mr. Falcone right on that one. No, but seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. The, 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 uh, the, uh, the, I got into a little Twitter spat, very, very minor, but it was about the trade deadline in fantasy football. And I think, I think when it comes right down to it, you know, I think leagues are more fun and entertaining when there's no trade deadline. I see so much activity and the pushback has been, you know, by some and, you know, by this one particular person who was arguing with me was kind of like, well, it turns it into a weekly DFS thing and blah, blah, blah. And you can just, you can trade for a player this week and then just trade them away next week. And, and I will push back vehemently against that because when you trade for a player this week, you can't just magically trade his ass away next week because sometimes these players turn into pumpkins you know it's like the you know a Brock Purdy or uh you know whatever the the a Gardner Minshew or a lot of players like that I mean you know there's a lot of players that will their value will dramatically change after this week and or especially next week when it's now the offseason they hold Brock Purdy holds Real value right now, especially to a team that may have lost a bunch of QBs. I, I just saw a trade and I was pissed. It was in one of the leagues I'm in. Thankfully, I'm not in the playoffs in this league because I would have, you know, I'd have posted a fit. It was Brock Purdy in a super flex, bro, who to a to a semifinals team who needs a quarterback, has Tannehill only, might actually start as his QB one. Brock Purdy for a fucking fourth round pick, rookie pick. I was like, dude, that's malpractice. That's that's giving him away. So this, this sort of, you can see it both ways. I mean, when couldn't you have gotten a fourth round for like any play? It doesn't make any sense to get a fourth, at least get a third or something. You know, it just didn't make any sense. I was really pissed. But the, the, that activity is there because of no trade deadline. And it rewards a guy who, you know, and, oh, this was the best one, Chuck. You'll have this. He said, dude, it'd be like uh, New York Jets being able to trade for Aaron Rodgers. And I was like, fuck, that would be awesome. That would be Fantastic. That's the whole point of the NFL should have no trade deadline too. That would be absolutely awesome. If teams, if there was no trade deadline in the NFL, why would that hurt the league? I don't think that hurts anything. Like literally teams would be like, dude, let's get Aaron Rodgers. Great. Fucking get Aaron Rodgers. You're, you have a Mike White with broken ribs. Get fucking Aaron Rodgers. Go for it. What do you have to give up? You're going to have to give something up. So it's fair. What do you think about all this? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question, right? Because I generally, and this is probably our first disagreement of the show. There we go. Uh, I generally, I generally fall on the side of there should be a trade deadline. So in my chalk leagues, for most of them, uh, I have a trade deadline. The ones okay. I don't, 
uh, are the like the ones that are like with my like, with the close friends or industry Correct. friends that this is are different. Yeah, I, I know where you're going, so keep going, please. Yeah, this so, is totally a different reason to not have them or to have one, and I like this rationale. Please go. Yeah, so you know because my leagues are generally made for you know newcomers or casual players that are getting into fantasy or dynasty specifically. Or a little bit more public. Yeah, a little bit more public, like kind of like a public feel, right? I feel like people aren't as well equipped and strategic to understand like you said, like what these trades mean in the long term. It's a dynasty, it also opens right? up for collusion. Exactly, right? Because yes. we don't really know these people. I don't really know all of these people. I think I know most of them. And, you know, but it, you know, there are friends in these leagues. And I don't want to be the one having to monitor and having to try to decipher what this means and whatnot. And I never reverse trades, right? Yep. So that also gives me some. You know, so there's some of it's administrative and just yes. kind of operationally efficient. Like, okay, no trades, and I'll need to track like if you're trading future picks, and then chase that money down late in the season, and yep. then the guy like loses and he's like tilted and then leaves the league and can't chase the money down. Yep, there's the collusion risk there, um, and I also like the fact that and it, it works both ways, like for and against, right? It's like yeah. as a playoff team, I kind of want to know like what my opponents look like and it's kind of like the stage is set and it is what it is, right? It's a closed universe and we go in with the weapons we have, right? On the other side, you know, like my teams with, I mean, I had a couple of juggernauts with Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts going into the playoffs, right? And going in, I'm like, I'm unstoppable. I'm going to be repeating and there's no way these people are going to catch me. I mean, now I'm walking into the semifinals with Aaron Rodgers or Tannehill as my only QB, there's nothing on the wire. My other options on my bench are like Davis Mills. And right. I don't have Brock Purdy on most of my leagues. I'm going to have some, some Brock Purdy. Right. And even, and, if and, you were, even if you were handcuffing and you have like, you know, Chase, what, what, who's the fucking backup in uh, Arizona? You know, it's like now it's Trace McSorley because the other guy yeah. got hurt too. Like you were double handcuffing the fucking Arizona quarterback room. That's not a wise, um, you know, use of assets in a super flex league with a 30 man roster. So it's not even like you you can be criticized like, oh, you should have had the backup to the backup to the backup there, bro. What's yeah. what, You're slipping, you know? So that's why, yeah. It's like you should be able to flip Kyler for a lesser quarterback and let that – and pay some profit to try and replace your points because it's important now. And at no other point, by the way, this is the other reason that I like it. But but you're right. Let me just first say you're right because of the collusion and the the, the a more of a public league is different. But where you know everybody, this is the first – opportunity for someone who's who's rostering Kirk Cousins to maybe sell Kirk Cousins to the Kyler owner and get profit like you'd be like dude I'll get you Kirk but you're gonna give me a second and Kyler and they're like okay like not a good trade normally but now feels like a feels like a gigantic W like you know for you you now replaced your opportunity to win a title whereas before you didn't have an opportunity you know, presumably to win a title with no quarterback, right? So, yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at. I think that's that's where it gives rebuilders even an opportunity to poach some value from these uh, from these juggernauts. You know, I I might have poached a yeah. little bit of value in a league that we're in together. That yeah. I have a good team, and you know, I I you're upset because you're playing this guy. Tell the people what I did. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So this is one of the reasons. I mean, and you know what. When I'm on the other side, when I'm on your side of this type of deal, right, like opportunities to squeeze people and gain value, right, the hashtag chalk squeeze and yes. yeah, no trade deadline, of course, like this is my playground, right? This is opportunity for me to really 
juice people and, and move players and, and add value on top. And I saw this trade go down in that <laughs> in the machine league, which is basically the undroppables inner circle league that we've had for several years. And, um, you know, I'm facing off against uh, Vivek, you know, one you just, of the... Who, one, who you just beat me too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. And you know what it is? It's one of those things where it's I beat you, so I'm happy, but then you turned around and still got a major W out of that loss because you're out of the playoffs. You know, you have, you know, it's a super flex, major tight end premium league. I think it's like two points. Yeah, so I think it's, it's like two a one, PPR. It's, for, yeah, yeah. yeah, two PPR for a tight end. So it's like yep. a, a full point, which is a real true tight end premium yep and you got like three you have like waller and you had kelsey and kelsey's the one that you moved and you move kelsey to the team that i'm facing now in the semifinals yes. right which i don't i don't love that because now <laughs> you just, win for me yeah you just powered up this other team while sticking it to me <laughs> yeah right but yes. you traded kelsey for mark andrews yes plus plus and this is where i i died this is where I truly like looked at the screen and I was like, WTF, like, what is this? Yeah. And it was, a, I mean, granted, it was a couple years away, but it was a 2025 first. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and we know like, you know, we love draft picks and all that, but we don't, we really care about the first, yeah. right? Because whether or not we're going to use it or we're going to trade it, that's trade now it. That's right. it's, money it's in the currency. bank that's that right. you can literally, it's basically a, a it's basically like a treasury bond that you just bought, like an I bond you bought from the treasury that you're not going to use it now. You're not going to use That's it right. next year or the year after. But hey, when the time comes in a couple of years, when who knows what the landscape looks like and who knows what your team looks like, you have an extra extra bullet that I'm going to forget about. The league's going to forget about. Yes. And then out of nowhere, it's like the hidden shank that you just pulled out. You're like, hey, look at this. Look at this. I'm the captain now. I got, and, and of course, you're not going to be stagnant over the next two years. You're going to be churning and moving and doing things. And then you're going to have this little piece in the back pocket that yes. no one's going to wonder about. So anyways, what really got me was you moved. And I mean, this Kelsey's like, what, 33? I mean, moving yes. on 34. He's He has maybe another year of really, really solid production, if that. Yes. But he's one wrong turn away from pretty much toast. Yes. I mean, right? I mean, yes. he has a personality bigger than life, like yep. Gronk, yep. right? He's already achieved everything, right? I mean, yes. at some point, he might just say, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I, I'm good. And Mark Andrews, who I think, you know, I actually have him higher, and I haven't updated my dynasty in a bit, and I need to do that soon. But, you know, if I was to do it right now, I have Mark Andrews at TE1. Yeah. yeah. The next couple of weeks and the past couple of weeks wasn't great, but it's Mark Andrews, man. Like, we already yeah. know who he is. And he has like at least five, seven years on Kelsey in terms of youth. Yeah. Right. So you got a younger, just as productive, if not better, tight end. So it's more valuable. I mean, off the off the top. And then on top of that, you actually got a, a first. Like it's yeah. not a second, <laughs> it's not a third, but a first. And I don't care what year it is. It could be twenty twenty seven for all you care. I mean, <laughs> I might be out of the league or dead by then. But yeah. the fact that like I'll be in my grave watching this like happen. Like, dude, Jax Falcone is now moving this first-round pick for yeah. whatever, like, whatever star player that he's going to have at the draft. Like, it's on the clock. And, you know, what we do is, you know, when it's on the clock, now you get to juice it again. Yes. So you've literally just invested money, you know, in the bank, you know, a long-term investment that is not going to depreciate. Yes. Like Future every calendar, chalk pain. 
Exactly. It's, yeah. So it's like you give me current pain and the future <laughs> yes. pain, but it goes back to why I don't like the trade. I mean, I yes. like it if I'm if I'm on your side. Yeah, I love it. Right. This is exactly what we talked about the opportunity. Yeah. To, and, and this to is choose. the opposite of the the guy who loses the quarterbacks who needs. It. He's just trying to win it. Now, ironically, you Vivek and me are the three winningest franchises in the league history. So there's also that, right? Mm-hmm. So there's also the fact that none of these three teams are like, you know, they're, I made the playoffs, but I, I, you know, I was weakened without Lamar. Now I also have the Lamar Andrews stack, by the way. Oh my which gosh. Also, I yeah, did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hate just that. a little bit more pain for you if you want any. Um, yeah, yeah, of course you do. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, Vivek's team is dope. I mean, it really yeah. is. It's a really it good team. Your team is really good. I mean, you know, you lost JT and still beat me by like eighty or whatever. <laughs> you know yeah, what I, mean? I mean, I was, I, mean, I was like tilting. Like I was, at, I was at Disney on Ice with the kids, and I saw like the first half. And I'm like, what is this garbage? Like JT's out, and then like Kirk Cousins and, and Jefferson like doing nothing. I mean, yeah. Kirk's just throwing interception after interception, and they're down like thirty three to zero. And <laughs> yes. I'm like, and I legitimately thought I was toast. I mean, I lost JT in the first quarter. Yeah, and then literally, so like three players out of my entire lineup, like thirty percent of my tanking. lineup, yes. are tanking. So there's really no way. I mean, it took literally Minnesota Miracle Part Two yes. to like actually pull out that win. Yes. Now I'm going into this league, and yeah, again, I, I don't like the trade deadline thing because, like, the no trade deadline because now you got someone that's kind of desperate in Vivek. Like you said, the top three teams, Vivek has been like one of the best teams, but he never can get over the hump. Yeah, I know he really wants to kind of win the league. Yeah, win the and, league. And, and you right? know, he's all in too. That was one of I think that was his only first round pick. It was one of his only picks available in his coffers. Like his team is pushed into win now. So for him, it was like. He, he that's another little game theory 101 here is like I wasn't playing with a guy who's halfway toe in the water he's he's he needs a life he's all in yeah, yeah he he's into in. in the ocean like he needs a, if I throw him a ski do he's given up his yacht he's in the water yeah, and, like and, you and know he, and, he, and he smells blood in the water I lost yes. JT right yep. like if I look at my lineup like it's it, I have a good team but it's not healthy and, and it's very likely under- whoever wins your matchup wins the next week. I mean, I'm not saying that it never is guaranteed, but it's more likely. You guys are the favorites, you know? But yeah, but I'm staring at like guys like, you know, starting Brandon Ayuk in my like my flex. I mean, he's great and he's okay, but like I got yeah. Jacoby Myers and, and Brandon Ayuk in my flex, you know, and he this guy got like Kelsey in his flex now. Looking <laughs> I lost Lockett, I lost Jonathan Taylor last week. So yeah, yeah I lost Lockett, Lockett as Taylor. well. Yeah. You know, big, like I have Marquise, you know, uh Marquise, what's his name? The Marquise What's Brown the, or no, Marquise Goodwin. Goodwin. Marquise I got Goodwin. him. If Marquise. you want to make a trade, probably a, a 27 first will be fine. If you want to just send it my Louise, way. Louise, hey, let me, yeah. Wait, 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 quiet. Ready? Listen, this is to that trade. Ready? Oh yeah. There we go. Get uh, the show started. Uh, just, just hurt so bad. You know, <sighs> I, I got, I got some nice receivers and I got Goddard coming back, but I got some <clears> holes, <throat> you know? So then after I saw, so the funny thing is I started looking at my lineup like two days ago and I'm like, yeah, this isn't looking great, you know. So I'm starting to make I started making offers behind the scenes, right? I'm trying to get McCaffrey, I'm trying to get Jerry Judy. I'm looking at all the teams that are at the bottom of the standings that need anything, you know, and I'm like trying to con- concoct some kind of offer of like my 2024 first, my 2023 second, and my I have two couple of thirds next year. I got some young players. I mean, they're not great, but like I got Zamir White that, you know, maybe, maybe he becomes something. Maybe Josh Jacobs gets re-signed. I have some players like, you know, Gibson, he's kind of underperforming, but some people still like him. So I was trying to package up some of these like fringe pieces, 
maybe send Aaron Rodgers plus the first to get like something else, right? Like a different player. Yeah. Um, just to like bolster, you know, my lineup because, you know, going yeah. in with Deshaun and Kirk Cousins and my QBs, uh, it's okay. I got Aaron Rodgers and Miles Sanders at my running back. I'm like, that doesn't feel great, you right. know? Um, and then I got my, my, my receivers are really what's carrying me, you know, Jefferson and Brown and Lamb, you know, Godwin. So I got, I got, but then other than that, it's like, I don't got enough to really feel powerful. Like, oh, right. I'm, I, I really got this. Cause I lost JT and I lost Lockett. And that's a RB1 Lockett, and a WR dude. win. Like, Lockett, he, what a league winner he was this year. And to lose yeah. him right now is a real brutal, brutal blow. Cause he'd been, what is he like? Wide receiver seven or eighth on the year, eight, right? Like, eight, yeah. P, yeah. And PPR on the year. And that was like, I mean, he was probably seven going into last week. And then, you know, he got hurt. So, he, you know, probably, I mean, he slipped to eight. But I mean, yeah. having a WR8 on the year, like, yeah. you know, as my like my fourth receiver or my fifth receiver. I mean, with Godwin coming back around, I mean, it was looking good. But then now losing two big pieces, I was trying to make moves, right? Because we didn't have a trade deadline, right? So then like I'm trying to do what you're doing or, you know, I guess Vivek right. was doing. And, you know, didn't work out, right? People were, like, rejecting my offers. and I'm right know. here, man. I'm right yeah. here. Just yeah. send me something. I'm I'm, I'm here for you. Yeah, I man, can make but, this all better. You yeah, know, you're going to squeeze that. You know, especially after this, this this show, you're going to squeeze the hell out of me. Well, um, it, is the, it is called the chalk squeeze. And let me, let me just – let me tell the listeners a little bit about two things. Number one, we're going to do some – we're going to talk a little bit about this week because I think that's a very valuable thing. I went back and listened to last year's show – <clears throat> excuse me, this week when it was me, you and Tommy, it was a fun show, man. Actually, it was a really good listen, but I was trying to think about what we talked about last year, this week, and it was a pretty good little show about weekly stuff. And I think we'll do some of that, but, and, and, and you're the, the King, you're one of the top, uh, you know, weekly rankers in the entire country. Um, you know, of all the analysts that post their weekly rankings on fantasy pros, which is almost all of them, like everybody, that's the platform that everybody posts on in order to download them onto their own website. So like everybody's on there, like that's not even just like invite, invite only. It's like the people who want to post rankings on their own website, go to fantasy pros so they can, you know, whatever long story short, you're awesome. And so having you on for that, but also you're a dynasty head from the beginning and that chalk squeeze is something that you do very well. Uh, I will tell you, and I'm sure Vivek does not mind <clears throat> but he had sent the trade over. We had been going back and forth. He had sent me Kittle for, uh, you know, Kelsey. And and I was fine with basically, <clears throat> you know, making that move. And then he said, I think Kittle in a second. That was a real future. I think he's only got like, you know, picks in like 24, 25 or something like that. So I was like, I was like, you know what? It's fine. But like, I'm a really good team. If I was, if I was a total rebuild, I probably would have pulled the trigger on Kel, uh, Kittle plus a second. But because I'm, Right there with you guys, like I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm a really good team too. I was like, I'm gonna win this shit next year. And Kelsey's the number one player in the entire league. So, long story short, he sends me. This is where the balls comes. He sends me uh, Andrews and the first, the twenty five first for Kelsey and what will be the the 3.01 this coming draft, the the first pick of the third round in the twenty three draft. And I'm like. <clears throat> yeah, this is great. I should accept this. I thought, I was like, this is a great deal. I should accept. And I was like, you know what? Chalk squeeze. He doesn't really need the 3.01. It's not that big a thing. It's a, what is it? It's at least a 12 team league. So it's like pick 25 or 30 or whatever it is. I'm not sure how many uh, teams in the league. I think it's 12. I'm like, I'll just take that shit out, send it back to him, counter. And lo and behold, he accepted. Now, 
if he just come back and asked for two fourths or something, I probably would have accepted. You know, I was ready to accept, but I was just looking to squeeze. And I thought for him, it's it's either he wants to give up the tw- the twenty five first in Andrews for Kelsey, or he doesn't. The, the third isn't like nope. Without that third, this deal makes no sense to me anymore. You know, so just squeezing that was enough. And and yeah, either way is a fine trade. The squeeze just makes it even that much you know more advantageous for me now. But look, I might have. I might have done the deal on the other side if I'm trying to beat your ass and win it, win the ship. So I understood it from his perspective, but the chalk squeeze came in real handy. Man, you know what? <clears throat> That's like he was trying to do the chalk squeeze on you. Yep. But you did like the good old WWE <laughs> counter move where he was trying to do the stunner on you, but you yeah. like flipped him around and you did the stunner on him. Yes. But you know what? I think we got to patent a new phrase on something like this. And I was telling you about this earlier on the sh- earlier in the, before the show, man. I'm gonna call this the Leon special because <laughs> you straight murder the guy. You straight murder this kid. Yeah. And you know, people that know you in the leagues that we're in, and, and you know, leagues that they're in with you, you know, you're known as Leon, the professional, because yeah. you always drop the the professional memes and the gifts. Yeah, yeah. Um, of Leon himself, and yes. um. You know, and we know what the professional does, right? He just straight assassinates people. He's an assassin. People. Yeah, he's just and take you, you just straight murder the kid, man. I yeah. mean, that's 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 taking child squeeze to another level. So, thanks, no, man. Appreciate mad, it. Mad, mad, mad props. You know, much respect. Although I hate it, I hate you. I hate everybody yes. involved. Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate yeah, no. the I appreciate the the assassin moniker on that one, <clears throat> but um, I, I actually w- one of the players I respect almost more than anybody is Vivek. He is a freaking he's going to win the he's well he might win the club championship too we we do a 60 we do a redraft league he's going to probably win that shit like he's a really really solid player he it, i think he either advanced or got unlucky in the scott fishbowl i think he's in it i'm not, i can't remember if he's one of the five that advanced but like his team is dope there like everywhere you turn vivek is making smart moves and that's because he's a real actual genius. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a really smart kid. Um, <laughs> you know, much respect. I know. I know. I gave him some grief in the chats, right? Um, yeah, yeah, he can. You handle know, it. I, yeah, and I know. You know, because he like he likes talking too, right? He likes he running. He likes running the mouth a little bit, which is fine. But I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna be right there with the receipts, right? I'm not, I'm not fantasy receipts, but um, you know, no. I'll, I'll still wave it. I'll still. Although wave you it. could be, you maybe. Could be. Maybe I, I mean, left, I left Twitter around the time that 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 account started taking off, right? So oh, another breadcrumb. Yeah, don't no, bro, tell and, Kev. And, yeah, and remember, remember uh, Felix, right? He said it might be a lawyer, right? And he got, yes. a, little, he got a little grief for that too. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the uh, the the rankings this week and a little bit of you know some of that stuff because I think right now, like <clears throat> I've got some semifinal teams. You cer- certainly have some semifinal teams. If you're looking to either you're in a league that 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 has a no trade deadline, and you're looking to trade for a player. This might be enlightening. If you're looking to trade someone away for a better player. This might be enlightening. If you're looking to make a decision on who to play this guy or that guy talking this stuff out and understanding, you know, where your good matchups are this week is very important. I will say this, this is a week where, and I said it to you before the show, I said, we got to make sure we pay attention to the weather because some of this stuff is going to be weather related, whether we like it or not, there's going to be some real wind uh, in the forecast on the East coast, cold and windy. So just remember that when you're looking at the passing game, break all your ties with the wind. If there's wind someplace and not someplace else, and you're looking at two players, play the guy with less wind. I mean, I know it sounds stupid, but break your ties that way. You know, in some other spots, you'll actually fade guys almost completely because of the wind, uh, because it's really, really hard to throw the ball 
uh, when it's windy, especially downfield. So if you have downfield players, a la Gabe Davis types, you know, Slayton types, all these guys who you're kind of hoping for a big play, it's still possible, but it's a lot harder to make those big plays when there's heavy winds uh, in the forecast. So bear that in mind. With that being said, let's start with the quarterback position, Chalk, if you don't mind. Um, what what a what a wasteland now. Jalen Hurts, we'll start with him. Jalen Hurts gets hurt. Is he hurt? Uh, we don't even know. There, I think he's probably out for multiple games. That's the the Silva leaves I'm I'm starting to read. But I think they released something that said we're not sure he might be ready to go this week. I don't believe that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes to your point. Like you know, they're they're, they're they clinched, right? So they're yes. they're they're in. I mean, I think they have a decent hold on you know the one seed for right now and even if they lost like a game or two and they finish off like the rest of the season like with hurts and, and they went out i mean they probably still keep the first seed i mean i, I don't you know and i, I I'm, I'm with you i think he doesn't play i mean doesn't make sense right like yeah you're going against dallas and i know Hurts wants to play because all that talk right about oh it's a team and it's not him and you know all that kind of bulletin board material but I mean, if you're the Eagles, like, how are you going to even risk any sort of potential re-injury, especially after Hurts got smashed? Like, I think the Bears had, like, 13 quarterback hits on him, like, last Sunday, which is, like, just major. Um, doesn't, you know, and, you know, Minshew, he's a game manager. I mean, I think he has flashes, right? And I think with that team, I mean, they'll be good yes. enough to, to pull through. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I would expect Hurts not playing. I mean, I, I mean, all my teams, I already have him on the bench. I don't expect him to play. Yeah, um, I agree. So yeah. I think we, I, I agree. So I think we see that that clearly. I think their their positional, um, you know, situation will compel them to err on the side of caution. And I think that it would be wise for them to not play him. I think he's going to want to play. I mean, this is a divisional game for first play. This basically seals it and clinches it for him. I, I'm sure he wants to play in this game. Like that, I don't doubt. Um, I don't think he's thinking about their you know, situation. I think he's thinking, if I'm healthy enough, I want to play. That's what he, the player, is thinking. Um, but the front office, the coaching staff, the decision makers really have to have a, a more clear thought about what to do. And, I, and look, they have, as you point out, Gardner Minshew, who's not a – I think he's a top 20, 25 quarterback in the world. Like, he's not – I think he should be a starter – you know, well, that's kind of clear with some of the shit bags that are starting all over the place. But you know, he he's good enough to start. So for me, <clears throat> I think I think they're fine. I, they should be fine. If I were the coach, I'd be like, I would say whatever you want to say, but I'd be telling them you're not playing this week. Just so you know, yeah, get you're gonna get healthy. We need you for you know the the first playoff game. That's when we need you at your best. Um, he's gonna be out a while if he does sit here because then they clinch at some point, and then they're gonna really rest the starters. And it's going to be, it could be like four or five weeks before he plays. I don't love that. I mean, we've seen that before, and that usually isn't a very good thing either. So it's a really tough spot that they're in. But I think when we're talking about this week, I think you need to make other plans. You probably already have, obviously. Of course you have in the Dynasty League. Again, if you don't have a trade deadline, you know, I put in a couple of trades where I'm out of the playoffs for Hertz, just, you know, guys further on down the line. I think I even put in a, what did I put in? I put something. Doesn't matter, but you know, it was one of the oh Dak for Hertz. I was like, here you go. Mm, you know what I mean, one. right? Yeah. Like, it's not like I don't know. It's not like Zach Wilson for Hertz. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, uh, but you know, I thought that was somewhat fair. And if you're a playoff team, you're like, okay, well, I can make this happen. Let's go. So uh, there's some there's some opportunities there. I definitely look to the Hertz 
manager and try and make something happen uh, because they uh, look. Here's the thing: if you have hurts on your team, you've been riding his ass. Am I right? Yeah, you you have. You know, um, just putting up MVP season. I mean, you know, and he's doing it in the air and he's doing it on the ground. He's doing so it all much, over, yeah. right? He's not. He's not just a one-trick pony, um, right. like some of these other quarterbacks that we're seeing. Like whether it's just a passer, pocket passer, or you know, just running around getting a bunch of yards, um, you know, kind of like a Justin Fields. I mean, I know he's putting up elite numbers. Yes, but he's um, a one-trick pony. Yeah, that's he's right. He's a one-trick pony. I mean, yeah. and, and, and part of it, and probably a big portion of it, is the, the receiving core. Like they don't have. I mean, they're they're rolling out Equinomia Saint Brown, right? <laughs> you know, and like Darnell Mooney's out now, and he wasn't. He was kind of underperforming all season. Um, and then we're like Pettis and I don't know who else is on the bears right now. Claypool somehow is there, but I don't know what he's doing. He must be terrible or something. Yeah. I don't think I've never been a fan of Claypool. Um, But they traded a second for his ass, you know? Yeah. Cause it was one of those like, yeah, like, why did you do that? I guess you're trying to put a bandaid on a heart attack. Like, yes. You know, it's like, (laughs) what are you going to do? You're going to just give him this guy a down. He's a downfield threat. So, okay. Like. You it didn't make player. any sense. I hated that just, trade. Yeah, it just didn't make sense, you know. And no. I know, I know, we're not trying to bash on the Jets, but imagine if Fields and like, like you said, on the Jets with Elijah Moore and, and Garrett Wilson, WR one, oh rookie WR one, baby. They've got a relationship. Um, the whole thing, like, it, oh my god, dude. Right? It'd be unbelievable. Yeah, it'd be so unbelievable. That was, that was a big miss, man. That was a big, big miss. miss. I'm uh, so it, sorry, New York Jets fans. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a wasteland. It's it's super it's super interesting, but pretty sad too, just to see like Brady like on the brink of oh. no no longer relevant. I'm like, holy shit, and he's gonna me, play man. next year. You know this, right? Yeah, Brady? he's not gonna play for the Bucks though. No, no, he's gonna play. We're yeah. we're okay. Let's do this. It's fun. This is a podcast. We can have we can do whatever the fuck we want. Where's Brady gonna play next year? Hmm. Um. If you're handicapping, what do you think the the favorites are? Maybe you're not predicting it, but like what? So I, because I'm thinking, you know, San Francisco's got to be in the in the cards, right? Like you know, he wants to play there. Yeah, the Patriots are now somehow in the mix, where some of these contracts come off the books. I think they can maybe spend some money in free agency, get him a a couple weapons to go with them, because obviously they need weapons. He's not playing there with that shit show. Like you know, if, if they if they sign a couple of wide receivers. Plus those tight ends, plus Ramondre, you know, draft some offensive liners, maybe. But like they know, they need to spend some money on that team. But if they do, he might play there. Uh, Vegas, I thought Vegas, maybe Seattle. Ooh, Seattle. That's an, I hadn't thought about that one. Seattle's kind of. I mean, they were overachieving a little bit for a while, but I don't know if they're ready. Right? I don't know if they have all the pieces in place. I don't. I don't, I don't know if they're they're ready. Raiders kind of makes sense because you know the McDaniel's connection and the yep. defense isn't that bad, right? They have a pretty well, decent. And defense. you remember the the story that Dana White told about Vegas that wanted him and then yeah. you know spurned him. So maybe that's that that burned the bridge. I don't really know, but they certainly had interest, is what I'm saying. Yeah, there was um, definitely interest. What you know, about? And I don't know what golf situation is or con- <sighs> contract, but you know that's that might Dude, be kind that- of weird because Detroit dude because Detroit's such a weird team like you know like I don't think they're really ready yeah golf golf's on the they books are ready though ton of money they're yeah, ready yeah, they're on the books for a ton of money though yeah um, but they're ready don't say they're not ready they're ready right now they're good and they got James Detroit's and Williams, like a top 10 team they got two really good running backs yes um you know they could score a ton of points with golf imagine the offensive line offensive line I mean 
safe, right? Like a lot of protection. Ooh. I mean, okay, what about this? And okay. This, you might, you probably hate this, but like the Jets. Dude, it's funny. Dude, you stole it. I was going there next. I, I never thought in a million years you were going to say Jets. I was patiently waiting for you to end your stupid little talk so I could say the Jets and you said the Jets. Yeah, I was going to say the Jets before I said the Raiders Fuck. or the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, but I was like, dude. But I was like, but maybe that's a little too crazy. But I'm it like, it is crazy. Zach Wilson ain't it. Mike no. White is cool, but ain't it really? Right. Like, he ain't long term. Mike White's not long term. He's one of those. They've been talking about Jimmy G at the yeah. Jets, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, fuck like, Jimmy G, get the OG. But if he's Brady with that defense and they got mm. the receivers, they got a lot of running backs. Just draft Reece a Hall couple more old linemen. They got Vera Tucker coming back and yeah. what's his name? The other big. Uh, a corner or whatever his name is. But, but, you know, but I, I said Seattle because the Russell Wilson trade got him a ton of capital. Yes. Right. True. So if they get the quarterback, they can mix and match with that capital, like draft some young players, <sighs> yeah. some stars, but then trade Lock for some and Metcalf. And, right. They got and weapons. Metcalf. You're right. Yeah. They got some weapons, you know, and they got, they got Kenneth Walker who it's okay. You know, he's not, hey, <laughs> is Brady really better than Geno Smith right now though? Oh man. It's, you That's know, you crazy. know, as a Bucks fan, the last two weeks have been I, I it's so hard to watch and like I haven't been tilted over fo- like watching football. I mean, I'll get tilted over fantasy, but I didn't really get tilted over football, right? I mean, because as a Bucks fan like, you know, I just used to sucking. <laughs> right. And then like, you know, we got a chip, so I'm like super happy. And then last year was like a disappointment. So I was tilting on the Rams game, the NFC Championship. And this year I was like, okay, like, you know, it's, you know, maybe we got a shot. And we had like ups and downs and I was like upset and happy, <laughs> upset and happy, but like the San Francisco game, man, I was just like, what is going on? And I remember, like, it was on Fox, game of the week, and they literally cut to a different game, like, in the third quarter or something. Like, they're like, we're not watching this anymore. And then, it's so bad. And then, like, that was painful, watching, like, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, third string, just torching the Bucks while yes. – And, and the, the Niners' defense is insane, but they don't have a shutdown corner. So, like, how can Mike Evans – not doing anything, you know, and Nothing. then I know. And then I'm watching the Bengals game, and I'm like, okay, finally we're turning finally. It around. Let's yeah. go, right? Seventeen zero or something. Yeah. And that third quarter was a complete nightmare. Oh yes. my goodness! Like, it's the announcer bad. said it. They literally were playing on the one side of the Buck side of the field the entire quarter. They said like yeah. it never happened before or something like that. And Brady just kept giving the ball back, whether it was Brady or someone else. That's a you know. Geo fumbled the, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was yeah. Ba- it was bad. I man. mean, the Geo thing was like, "What are you doing, man? Like, yeah, wh- what not are you good." Doing? Like, so, so the the Jets thing is interesting because, like, it's the fucking Jets, man. Like, you know that he's hated the Jets. Like, you know, the Belichick hated. But I wonder if he'd go back. It, look, he, there's been some talk about the Giants because his like his kids are in New York and that's where they go to school and everything, and he can be near his family. Of course, he can be anywhere because he's fucking multi billionaire or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, it's still nice to be able to live and he can live in the city and like do all his hoity-toity city shit that he does with his new face, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> whatever he does with his new face, like what? Is, how did he get a new face? It's yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You- yeah, when I look at him, facial like, recognition look, doesn't work with this motherfucker. Like, you're a new yeah, motherfucker. Like, yeah, you look different. Like, you look different. When I saw that, I was like, 
is that Brady? Like, <laughs> what did you is do? That? What'd you do, man? The fuck, man? That is one weird motherfucker. I don't even know. Like, he's he's the goat. He's my patriot legend. Everything, but I feel a little awkward if I were near him. Like, like there's my boys. Like, I'm always like, if I saw Paul Pierce, I'd like dap him up. I'd be like, dude, I love you. With Brady, I'd be like. Hello, Mr. Brady. <laughs> what a fucking weird motherfucker, dude. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, what like, would you say to him? New face, I new brought hair, you an like, almond. You it's know? like the haircut, oh. too, with the new face. Like, everything is just like, yes. bro, like, you're, yeah. It's like, and yeah. you're like, did you, like, liposuction your face to, even, like, be even skinnier on top of that? Like, what did yes. you do? Like, it's what did you very do? strange. It's yeah. very, very strange. Anyway, yeah. where, wherever he takes a strange face could be the Giants because they're in New York. But then I thought, wow. The Jets are actually like a ready-made fucking like it's the team he it's the it's the it's a carbon copy of like the Bucks when he went there. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. know what I mean? It's like good it has receivers, all the yes. got some running backs, got an Everything. awesome defense, good old line. Yeah, go to the O line, and they can even bolster it even more. Yes, just add more protection, give him more time, dude. And he's a, familiar, very familiar with the the division, division, and the conference, and all of that. I mean, you know. It'd be really interesting oh, to see that. Oh, you know? Yes, that would be interesting because then I'd have to like hate him or I don't know, man. That would be a very interesting thing. That'd be great. That would force a lot of emotions out of the Mr. Game Theory here. This is great thought experiments. Let's move on. But that was awesome. That was so much fun, especially the Tom Brady new face stuff was really good. Um, <clears throat> speaking of Tom Brady, he is not in my top 12 uh, you know, quarterbacks this week, even though he's going up against a team that I am – very, very positive is terrible in the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. I still wouldn't really look to play Tom. He's just been so, so, so bad. Um, but uh, in terms of, uh, you know, Minshew against Dallas, how high are you on Minshew at all? I mean, is there any situation you could imagine playing Minshew this week in a, in a, in a game that means anything in, in fantasy? I mean, if I'm, if I'm super desperate, you know, I, I consider it. I mean, I have him right there, like QB 19, QB 20 for the week, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's in the company of like the Darnolds and the Pickets, um, like just yeah. kind of in that range, you know? And and I, I know what, like if, if you just need someone that's going to put in like 12 to 14 points, <laughs> you know, in your super flex spot, I, I guess you got to roll with it. Well, um, let's do this. Check this out. So I'll ask you a couple questions where it's like, uh, these are people who are consensus ranked ahead of Minshew. However, as I look at it, I'm not so sure that, I, thank you. I'm not so sure that I would say that it's a sure thing that I would play these players ahead of Minshew. The first one that I really see is Derek Carr at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has been really tough defensively. And again, we talked about it. That's going to be a weather game where it's super cold and kind of a, run first slobber knocker, if you will, uh, potentially wind there at three river. You know, not, I know they're going to play at three rivers, but in that area, there's uh, a lot of uh, offshore wind, you know, Northeast cold, all that shit. And then, you know, insert Gardner Minshew in the dome in Dallas in a, in a, in a game that should be at least more uh, of an offensive minded game. Like there'll be a pressure to score for both teams. Does that make sense? You know, uh, whether they'll get there or not, it could get there. And if it gets there, it could shoot out, right? It's a team. It's a game that could actually shoot out. I can't imagine Vegas at Pittsburgh shooting out. Would you consider playing Minshew ahead of Derek Carr? I, I would. Um, you know, and Dallas defense has been very good this year, but 
you know, they, they've almost lost, <laughs> you know, and they did lose, um, you know, at the end to, to the Jaguars and they, you know, almost lost to the Texans. Um, so they're putting, they're giving up a lot of points right now. Right. And they're kind of ending up in these like shootouts and like these desperation kind of play, you know, games. Um, I'm, I'm still rolling with, with Derek Carr. Um, I do have him ahead of Minshew a couple spots, at least two spots ahead. Um, if not like maybe just one, you know, Carr's coming off a three touchdown game. He has Waller back. He has, I think Renfro's back as well. Uh, Devontae Adams had like a down game. So I think it's expected that he's going to go to Devontae Adams early and often um, this week, you know, because I think that's kind of the pattern we saw is like Adams is going to have a blow up game, might have a down game, and then they're going to, um, you know, come, you know, come, come back to Adams, you know, over and over the next, the following game. So for me, I'm still going to roll with Derek Carr just because, you know, I feel like it's a slightly better matchup. and you know, it's not a divisional game. Um, I, I sometimes get nervous about the divisional matchups. Maybe it's me overthinking, but just seeing, you know, how Dallas is probably going to be wanting to get some revenge after the last game that they had against the Jaguars. I, I, I'd probably roll the dice with Carr, to be honest, especially well, if it's playoffs. It's super close, right? Um, and, and you're right. Like, it's funny because you know, you're, it's that thing that I, I talked to, talked about last week where it's like, you know, during a regular season fantasy game, you just play car over Minshew and just not worry about it. You know, you just be like, yeah, mm-hmm. car is, you know, higher rated quote unquote quarterback. I'm not going to monkey around with trying to outsmart my matchups every single week with my fantasy football team. I just kind of play my best lineup and let that lineup win as it goes. You know, I think I've kind of done that over the years. You know, I don't overthink lineup decisions uh, too much kind of just go with my chalk all, all the time. And, you know, but when it's for your life, you start, you start thinking about these things. Like, like there's times I'd play car over Minshew in the regular season and be like, yeah, probably bad decision, but I'm just going to go. And you're like, yeah, look at that. I was right. You know, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But in a playoff game, I really want to make the right decision. I think I would play, I, I don't know if I'd, you know, you do rankings. I'm talking about whether you'd play this guy or not. You know, I look at my rankings and I start to think about what I would actually do. I might consider playing Minshew, uh, over over car, I really do. I, I really think that's what I would do. Um, what about you know Sam Darnold or Gardner Minshew? Because Sam Darnold, uh, you know, at home against Detroit, who's been a sieve against the pass, but pretty good against the run. But they're kind of frisky. I'm not so sure. And Darnold's been terrible, but it's a great matchup. What about that? You still have Minshew ahead? Yeah, I I, I play Minshew over Darnold. Yeah, on, on that right, just because, you know, to, I mean, to make the argument for Minshew, like he's been waiting for an opportunity, like in a yes. high-profile game, to like yes. make an impact and and try to get back to getting a starter starting gigs at some point, right? Yeah. And you know, the last time I think he started, I think he had a pretty good game. I remember like there was like a video of him with his dad in the parking lot. And he was all happy and like, you yes. know, he had performed well. So, you know, he has that vibe and he has that fire. So I could see him being dialed in, game face, like this is my one shot, like, you know, the Eminem, right? Like, you know, I forgot the song was called, I'm, I'm getting old. But yeah, <laughs> yeah you are like, old. You know, you know, but it's like the Eminem, right? It's like you got the one shot, you know, to right. make it happen. And this is yes. my, this is this my is dream. This is a shot too, it this is. This is a shot, right? It's going to be yeah, with a good team. T- it's on Saturday. It's a Saturday afternoon game. You know, a lot of eyes on it. It's, it's yes. divisional rivalry and you know, a lot of a lot of um, back and forth, you know, Micah Parsons and all the, all the trash talking. 
Um, I love Gar- it. Goddard is going to be back too, right? Yep. So like, you he know, Goddard, back. Yep. Goddard even said like, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping that they're going to kind of cover up, you know, the outsides of, of AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, and then kind of leave some checkdowns open for me. And if Minshew can get around and get the ball to, you know, even Goddard, who's pretty good after the catch, yes, I mean, got some upside there. And he and Minshew can run around too, right? He's not yes. just sitting in the pocket. I mean, he he has a Konami upside. Right, that Derek Carr or Darnold doesn't, right? Right. So even well, the one thing with with Minshew, you're right. It's like he's going to be fucking fired up this week. Like uh, he'll be as fired up as any other player in this league. Like he's fucking ready to go. That's why everybody loves him. I mean, that's why you love him. I mean, if you ever played this damn game and you were in in a locker room with a guy like Minshew, you'd want to fucking I don't know. He's just the right guy. I love this dude. So I really uh, am pulling for him. But I don't know how much my emotion and wanting him to be good and wanting to see him succeed will make it so. It just doesn't doesn't work that way. So what about um? Here's one: Gardner Minshew or Deshaun Watson. Watson's oh, got, fucking terrible, man. Yeah, he is. He is. I, mean, I, still, I still, I still got Watson though. I mean, he's he's awful compared to what we correct we, we think of him, right? Like, yes, of like correct. That's the history. I mean. And you know, and I don't think he's ever gonna. I don't think he's gonna be QB one territory this year. And and there's a chance like he doesn't get to that form. I mean, there there's, there's that possibility exists now, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Because we're starting to see like, dude, you're. You know, you got some pretty good weapons around you, and you're not really doing anything much. You know, you're just kind of like it's kind of anemic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's kind of weird to say like Jacoby Brissett actually had the Browns humming a lot more. He did than it's, Watson. It's true because, though. It's like know? weird, but it's so true. It's like yeah. very strange because like yeah, obviously not saying the better yeah. quarterback, no. but no, yeah, but it's, he played better or he did yeah. better things or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Got better numbers. I mean. If you're yep, looking at it, he was better. That's where it's like Deshaun. I played Deshaun over Kirk Cousins in a playoff loss last week, and it really is one of those mistakes that you make. And you're like, fuck. You know, I think yeah, I had yeah. like Dak and Watson instead of it should have been Cousins and Dak would have would have won the week for me. It's just like, oh my god. And of course, you watch the first half. You're like, Phew, dodge yeah. the bullet, yeah, dodge yeah. the bullet, boy, oh boy, I made the good. What happened? You know, it's yeah. like it's so hard. Like you just, you know, you're right and you're wrong, and you never know. Like because really, I mean, it's a point zero one percent outcome that game. I mean, just everything about it. So whatever. Um, when you go to the top, I mean, I think the top kind of plays itself. You know, obviously Mahomes is, you know, lock button. You know, Josh Allen at Chicago, um, I think he's still lock button because he can get you two ways. Like, I think he yeah. can score on the ground. So I'm not even that worried about the the sort of the passing situation there. Although I would temper some of my uh, expectations of Josh Allen in that game um, with how cold and fucking freezing and windy it's going to be there. Um, same true for Justin Fields. I think – you know he's a he's a a pretty decent play, but I'm not sh- so sure how high I'd play him. But it's really hard because this kid I don't know if you heard him, but he he realizes he's 200 yards behind the rushing record, and uh, he's going to try and get it. So he's going to be trying to you know he's going to try and make plays. Like he's not done. Like he's going for it. Um, and then you know so but like it's guys like Herbert and Burrow. Like Burrow's got a, a sneaky tough matchup at New England. I don't love that. Do you? Do, yeah, I don't, do you, right? I don't love that. I have him like right there at the at the five spot, you know. Yeah. And Herbert, he's disappointed me so big last. I'm lucky I had a bye week in one of my single QB leagues that I I got I have Herbert in, and actually I had Kirk Cousins as well. 
Yeah. And I would have started Herbert over Cousins in that in that week. I mean, I lucky to had a buy, right? And he's terrifying, but he has a he has a you know matchup against Indy. Um, so I do like Herbert, and, and given the matchups like for Burrow and Fields, Dak, I mean they all got really gross matchups. I mean they got some tough matchups. I'm okay putting Herbert at like my three this week and just kind of letting it ride. And you got Mike Williams, you got Keenan Allen, you know Eckler. So like the upside is is absolutely there. Um, and I, I I don't expect Herbert having like two really down games in a row. I mean it could happen, right? But I, I'm okay with kind of rolling that, and and I'm expecting Tua to bounce back um, and and put up some good numbers uh, even against Green Bay. So, um, well, it's crazy. Like last week, uh, Herbert plays like literally the biggest pass funnel in the league. You know what I mean? Like Tennessee is like the number one team against the run, number thirty-two against the pass. I mean, they give up the most big plays versus the pass. They most teams pass more against them than any other team. Like they're literally a pass funnel. And then you have uh, Herbert who, you know, they passed the most in neutral script. Like this was the week yeah. that Herbert was supposed to go off. And then what did they do? They ran it like 11 times out of the first like 15 plays or something. You're like, yeah. what the fuck are you guys doing? Did you not get the mem- – now we're going to zig when they're zagging. We're going to run right into their strength. Don't worry about it. We got this. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, and they're running like Josh Joshua Kelly, you know, <laughs> right. RIP to like my Josh Kelly takes. But, you know, running him, I mean, <laughs> got some validation. It's like, yeah, you know, two years, three years later after my terrible take, like he's actually scoring yes. touchdowns and vulturing, you know, echo which probably drove people nuts and i was playing against eckler and i was all happy yeah. but it's just like what are you guys doing though like why don't you pass the damn ball you know like keenan allen was like unguardable too like he was getting open like at will like he yes. does and they weren't they gave it to him like a few, handful of times i'm like what are you yeah. guys doing just brutal game plan and, and that's my fear is like here we have it again it's like kirk cousins just showed you what this indianapolis team can do against the pass like obviously they can be shredded and it's like they should be going into this game thinking, let's just shred them the entire fucking game. Like, just make them cover for 60 minutes all of these weapons and see if they can do it. And then, obviously, you still have Eckler out of the backfield. Like, I would just be throwing the ball. Like, why Why even call a run play? Like, just, you know, right? The run plays will be when they're, like, literally turning their back and running to try and fucking cover and you're just draw, you know, draw or whatever. But, like, this team can really move the ball throwing the football. Well, you have Justin Herbert, who many football heads are calling the best quarterback in the nfl like these are guys who like are not messing around they're literally saying he's like the best thrower of the football so you have one of the most elite if not the most elite quarterback going against two defenses in a row it's just like i don't know what to make of it but in some ways i almost want to put like herbert like one or two this week um you know he is a he is a lock button as long as they don't fuck it up uh, Burrow, tougher matchup at New England. I'd certainly play Herbert over Burrow if you know you had that choice. You know, I think you have to play your studs, you know. But like, if you had a, if you, it's possible, especially in Dynasty, that you have a, a few of these guys. And I would consider playing Herbert above them all, except for maybe Patrick Mahomes, even ahead of Allen and Fields potentially, and certainly ahead of Burrow. That next group is kind of like you know you've got Cousins and Prescott and my boy who I've been you know, preaching about is Trevor Lawrence. He draws a really tough matchup Thursday night at New York Jets. We just talked about how good the Jets are both against the run and the pass. This is a tough spot. Um, they're, yeah. they're sort of really good against the pass. This is not a good spot for Trevor Lawrence. Just lost his offensive tackle. 
Um, he's been outstanding, like literally week after week after week. But I wouldn't be too excited to be starting Trevor Lawrence. What what say you, Chucky? Yeah, I'm I'm fading Lawrence a little bit this week. Um, hate the matchup. It's at the Jets. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, you know, offensive lineman hurt, and you know, I, I think they're going to game plan basically him out. You know, yeah. Um, you know, Etienne has been up and down uh, this season. Yep, he's um, been getting all the usage, but he hasn't been getting yeah. a ton of targets. So that's what's kind of kept him uh, up and down, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, like, but this this range. I mean, other than Kirk and Dak, right? Who are going to be pretty solid in that seven eight range, right? Yeah. And then you got Daniel Jones, Lawrence, Geno Smith. Tom Brady, you know, new face and, um, yeah. And Jared Goff. I think I'd there. play Daniel Jones over Trevor Lawrence, right? I would, I would, you yeah. know, um, at Minnesota, you know, at Minnesota. I mean, that could be another one of those shootout, shootout. type yeah. games, right? I mean, Minnesota is just like, they like giving up a lot of points and they like trying to score a lot of points. So that could be a good back and forth. Would um, you do something crazy? Like play a Brock Purdy or Gardner Minshew or someone like that over Trevor Lawrence? No, I don't think I'm there. Brock it's Purdy's tough, got though, right. Brock like, Purdy really, got Washington. Yeah. You know, no, not good. Or oh, home against not, Washington, but yeah, it's not home, but still, it's Washington, right? And yeah, Washington has a good defense, right? They're they're just they're just a team that I don't you know feel comfortable, especially like a, although Brock Purdy is pretty uh, you know like matchup pretty, depend- yeah yeah matchup but he's he, but he's impressive though. I mean yeah, just kind of looking at some of the stuff like I mean you know like was it. Orlovsky or whoever it was on ESPN, like breaking down some of the stuff that Purdy does, like, you know, pre-snap and, you know, like how he can read the coverages. And he's like, cause he's so experienced at the college level. Yeah. So he's really able to process a lot of things quickly that a lot of rookies don't, but yeah, I, I wouldn't play. I mean, to be honest, I have Purdy down a bit. I mean, he's like in a Q, mid QB two range for me. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, like, you know, with regular season, you're going to start your studs, you know, you're going to, you know, just not really think about it. I mean, even in the playoffs though, like what I would hate to do is like, I start Brock Purdy over Trevor Lawrence. And then, you know, know, and then I go home and I'm like, dude, like they both had kind of less than ideal matchups. Right. And I try to get cute with it. And now I'm going home because I started Brock Purdy and yeah, you know, at some point he's going to have a, he's going to have a dud. Right. I mean, yeah. It's going to happen, man. Like every, you know, every Mike White, you know, has a, you know, a couple of good games and they're going to have a dud, right? Where we're like, dude, this guy's garbage, right? Like we knew he's garbage. Like he just kind of <laughs> floated around. Tyler Huntley last year, he had a string of really good games, right? And speaking now, look, of, like, speaking of Tyler Huntley, it sounds like Lamar Jackson's not going to play. Is that yeah. what we're thinking? And that, that's what I'm hearing. Golly, he's got a great matchup, you know? Yeah. It's losing Lamar Jackson in a couple of leagues, you know, really too, hurt. Man. Lost him in the fishbowl. Um, oh. you know, and that basically that was the end of my run right there. I, yeah. I, I had, a, I had a decent run for a little bit, but it, it came apart quick. Um, shout out to the homie Don mega. You know, I think he's yeah. still holding it down. Um, been holding it down like all year. Um, uh, but yeah, it sounds like Lamar Jackson's out, you got Huntley and you know, that situation just less than ideal overall, you know? Um, yeah. All around. What about, uh, what about big Dick Nick? I mean, obviously, you know, He's got to be what why, uh, quarterback two or three for you this week. Where is he at? Uh, 
I don't know if I have them that high. I don't know if I have them that high. You're like, wait, wait, what? Uh, wait, what? Oh, um, man, I, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just funny, man, because he's actually got a pretty good matchup. And we know somehow or another at the end of the week, we're going to be like, should have seen this one coming. You know, fucking yeah. Nick Foles comes in yeah. and throws for 303. I mean, I, I'd probably play him over Tyler Huntley, you yeah. know, if, if I'm, if I'm going to go there. I mean, I consider, you know, even playing him over like a Mac Jones. Oh, Mac Jones, you can't start Mac Jones. I have I move dude, I don't know where Mac Jones was in the rankings when you start it, but I have him at 30. I have him at I would play Desmond Ritter at Baltimore over Mac Jones. Really? How's that? Yeah, fuck Mac Jones, dude. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? That he, game he, I mean it's just he he's bad. Yeah, I think so. I mean, something's wrong there. I mean, you know, the dude, it's so so bad, and it may be the scheme, it may be the 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 the, the coaching, it could be a lot of things. I'm not saying that he is a specific bust, but he is not good right now. That the the passing game is broken in doing this awful. How did he it, go from like one of the safest yeah QB twos, like you know, just a solid QB two in Dynasty? I was like trading for Mac Jones in the offseason, like. You know what? He's not like stellar going to be with me. Yeah, weeks, just a guy like, that'll do it. Just, yeah, yeah, just like having him in my QB in my super flex spot in my super flex leagues. Yep. He's going to be there for like ten years, and he's going to just have like you know solid twenty points. Yeah, yeah, 15, 15 20, 20 points 18, every 18, week. Yeah. yeah, and like, dude. And then what happened, man? I don't like, know. I don't know. It's bad though. I, I'm I'm playing like almost stressful. anybody. Like seriously, Malik Willis is awful right now. I mean, like they're not going to trust him to throw, but Malik Willis and Derrick Henry against the worst running defense in the NFL. I'll just take Malik Willis to score more touchdowns running and in more yards running than fucking Mac Jones throwing Mac Jones are going to throw touchdown passes against Cincinnati. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Cincinnati's going to eat him up. They've been a good pass defense. I have no hope that Mac Jones is going to do jack shit in this wow. week's game, I would not play him at all in any way, shape, or form. I'd wow. find anybody else to play. Oh, yeah, it's that bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad, man. Especially that's how bad. Patriots fan, yeah, yeah, it's bad, man. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. On that note, oh, by the way, it did hurt a little tiny bit. The, 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 the hail moron or whatever everybody oh, called dude. it. Dude, like, what is what? Yeah, like, <laughs> what hurt. was going on? Like, what are you guys doing? I, you know, I what did I? I, I texted or tweeted right after that. I said. Something that would never happen in a Bill Belichick coach team, right there, man. Yeah, if he were still alive. Jeez oh wait, please. what? He's still coaching? Like I don't know how it's possible that that team, a situational football coach who just preaches situational football, how did they not know? Like I feel like that's one of those in the huddle. They're like, remember, we're tied. Don't do anything stupid. Like let's see if we can score, but don't don't fucking don't give them the game. I mean, it just has to. I don't know. I don't know how the fuck that happens. I have no idea how he throws that football into. <laughs> into the Jeez. you know from like the 30 back to like the other 40 like you know this will work like even if uh, even if you're losing it was a bad decision you know like throwing it all the way back there like it was just awful i've never seen such a bad decision in my life was Ooh. that was that considered like a fumble or interception like in fantasy terms or like it's a what fumble the fumble. fumble i think i think I it know. was definitely and it, it was i mean i had for sure all i know is i had jacoby myers in my starting lineups <laughs> and i i mean i lost no matter what i was getting blown out in a couple of leagues, oh. you know, but just seeing that kind of stuff just makes me like so angry. Yeah. It was, it was pretty rough, man, to watch that. I was like, you gotta be shit me. And by the way, you know who does look good though for the new England Patriots? Ramondre. Yes, he does. Ramondre. He, it, look, 
I've got one of these guys who's been following me forever on Twitter and, and uh, he, he likes to tell me that I've been, and I've been high on Ramondre, but he likes to poke me and say, you were too low on Ramondre. You were too low on Ramondre. Yeah. He, and you know what? He's fucking right. Ramondre Man, right I now, missed. I missed. as a dynasty asset, has to be a top 10 dynasty running back. This Easily. is fucking crazy. Yeah, it's like right now trade for Ramondre and give up something stupid, Nick Chubb or something. Who cares? Like this is crazy how good this dude is. He is yeah. really, really good. Remember we did a show with uh, Felix and and Wilsey. Yes, and, From the and we're talking about all these rookie running backs and we like we had like what it was like a two or three draft class. We just drafted running backs and then receivers. We just did like the, yeah. the round robin. And I was so low on Ramondre. I was like, I don't know what you guys see in this this grinder. You know, yes. I don't know what you guys see in this guy. This guy's like nothing, nothing special. Yep. And I even came up on a few, you know, I, I've, on a, in a few leagues across Ramondre, like you know, people were just kind of getting rid of him in the offseason. Right. And I got him for cheap. And then I just started flipping him like immediately, yeah. you know, and I wasn't yeah. really getting much value. It was one of those like. You know, like I, I, I'm gonna miss, right? Like you know, people we like, all miss, like yourself. Buddy. Yeah, I mean, yep. you, you know, you you like to tout me as someone that does wins trades early and often, but sure, man, that that one hurt a lot, man. Like just looking back, and I have him on one dynasty team now, but at some point, obviously, I had him on like five. I had like twenty percent, twenty five percent exposure, and just started kind of giving him away. You know, like just like oh, I don't really care about him, and now I'm like scrambling to see if I can get him back anywhere. And it's like, no, I'm not paying that. Like, oh, I need at least an early first. I'm like, no, nope, I'm not doing that. You know, right. No way. It's crazy. And maybe, maybe, maybe even that's stupid of me not to give up an early first. To Honestly, get Andre, it's crazy. You know? It's unbelievable. He's really, really good. And, you know, I mean, I, I guess the draft capital uh, puts you in a position where you're a little unsure to overinvest in him, which I, I makes sense. But, what, you know, uh, the old Michael Lou thing when you, you the gatekeeper right as soon as you pass certain checkpoints it's like nope it's the, all that's gone now your draft capital yeah. don't matter when you're paid you know it's like oh, I know he's not paid yet I'm just saying like there's certain things that once it happens those other things are now less important and it, you know Brady was a sixth round draft pick you don't have to worry about his draft capital anymore okay you know what I mean it's that type of thing once you pass certain checkpoints you're there and Ramondre's passing some fucking checkpoints let me just tell you he is he's, getting it done he's easily top 10 dynasty running back i <laughs> it's mean crazy he's probably flirting with top five mm-hmm. right i mean because you got you, you're going to factor in what you know you know etienne swift javante breeze right they're all kind of all injured or you know a little bit underperforming right. you know you got josh jacobs who come, comes out of nowhere um and people are saying that he's going to be like you know, top five running back. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. You know, like I think I think it's a little premature for that. I'm not going to invest heavily in Josh Jacobs. Um, so yeah, he's he's definitely impressive. Um, you know, it's for me, it's like I kind of missed the boat, right? I was on the boat, I gave, I sold the boat, and now I'm like, I don't have one. So so I, I know, haven't I haven't updated it. my dynasty rankings in a while. I just looked, and I had them at 14, and you know, I haven't done it in several weeks. And yeah, that's too low, man. It, it's like let me ask you, Ramondre Stevenson or Josh Jacobs in Dynasty? Oh, Ramondre. Ramondre Stevenson, Dalvin Cook. Ramondre. Ramondre Stevenson, Joe Mixon. Ramondre. Uh, probably Ramondre, but I agree. I, 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 I like I, I like agree. Mixon a ton, but he hasn't. Like, he's he's, he's getting played and, off the field by Samaj P. Ryan. 
I mean, yeah, not played is, off, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah, He's not yeah. getting all of it. I mean, at least Dalvin, I, I think I'd rather have Dalvin than Joe Mixon right now. Dalvin at least has fended off the superstar free agent in uh, Alexander Madison, who's going to sign a big <laughs> contract and get a start, according <laughs> to some fantasy analysts who know nothing. Um, Ramondre Stevenson or Nick Chubb? Hmm. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I, I'd probably want Ramondre. He has, crazy. He, yeah. has the, he has the bell cow upside. Yeah. And he's know? five years younger or whatever. I mean, not yeah, that yeah, you know, yeah. he's like. But it, that matters though, right? That's close and, then. Yeah, so he's right around there. That's top 10 because then you're right. Then it's Ramondre or Javante. I'd still like, I still like Javante, but it's like, is that because the prospect profile, the yes. draft capital? That's and right. That's like, at this point, it doesn't really matter because. No. Not as like, much, right? You know, it's close, and, and right? It's coming off that was it ACL or did he blow out like all completely all of his? Knee? I don't remember, but I know it was at least an ACL. It's not good. It's close. And that's that's two years. That's the Saquon timeline, right? Yep. It's like it's two years. You know, Brees Hall. Same is like thing. Two years. I was gonna say Ramondre or Brees Hall. It's like, yeah, it's it's Brees, I guess, but like, fuck that motherfucker's hurt. You know, so he's hurt. He's not gonna be back. I mean, he'll be back next year, but he ain't gonna be producing like what we would want. Yeah, and you got to wait another way, year. You, put it this way: if you can sell one of these guys, these Brees Hall, DeAndre Swift, Ecklers, Javante's, like especially if you're, you know, and 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 get Ramondre plus, that's yeah, a great but, trade. But yeah, and but I wouldn't want to like I wouldn't want like Ramondre plus a second. I would want Ramondre yeah. and like like a player, like a like an impact player, yeah. right? Like you know something like that, like a WR two yeah. type. Well, and sometimes you, you know? can put like you know. Brees Hall and a second for Ramondre and like Garrett Wilson. Yes. Yeah. Something like that would be like real. Where you're paying the seemingly profit, but like they're like, oh, wow, well, I get a second. Yeah. Brees. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I like that a lot. Something like that would be nice. Yeah. You just start packaging it until it makes more sense for you. (laughs) That's what I do with trades. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just keep putting shit on both sides. So you're like, well, there's a lot of shit on both sides, but I think this works out for me. But it is win-win sometimes too, because someone who really wants Brees Hall has to pay. It's not like you can just be like, "Oh, no, I want Brees Hall. I'm just going to give you a second. Is that cool?" Like you do have to pay up to get these elite players. But I think when you're talking about these elite players, sometimes the the difference or the separation between a Javante or a Brees Hall to a Ramondre Stevenson is overstated in the yeah. value, right? Uh, you know, and so therefore you can take advantage of the perceived difference versus the actual difference. That's what we're talking about doing. So you you sell on the perceived difference and re- return on the actual, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that I've changed in my trading strategy was before I'm like, it's almost like I'm just looking at dollar figures, right? Like, right. okay. You know, like on a scale, is this, is this, is this side weighing more than this side? Is the value heavier on this side? But then you start to like get more strategic and you're like, you know what, on the face. Yeah. It's more valuable on one side, but like when you start to like really uncover you know, and start really thinking through critically on like, okay, maybe I'm giving up more value, quote unquote, right now on the face. Yes. Or like, you know, what's it going to look like in a few months or like in six months from now? And you start to really think about it. Yes. And it starts to change the way you approach it where it's like, I don't need to necessarily win the trade today on the calculator type type thing, right? So yes. now we're like, we're using, but it's like, you know what I mean? But that's the mentality, right? I'm going to put on the scale. I'm going to put in the calculator and whatever size higher, I'm just going to accept. That's right. right. But then that's that gets you in trouble because I've done that's that right. many times. And there's times I'll give I you win. the best example. You ready for this? I remember that you made me think of this trade last year that I, I resisted. A year ago, um, you know, it was Chase Claypool was 
roundly rated ahead of Amon Ra St. Brown in terms yes. of dynasty rankings. The great J.J. Zacharyson sent me a trade, Chase Claypool for Amon Ra. And you know what I did? I looked at rankings. I looked at the value. I said, wait, maybe I should say yes to this. It was a Jedi fucking mind trick. I almost yeah. clicked yes. Why oh did gosh. I almost click yes? I almost clicked yes because of the perceived value of those two players, the the rankings, the trade calculator nonsense bullshit, whatever you want to do. You want to go look at that stuff. Great. I would have accepted the trade based off that. But then I thought, wait a minute, what's going on here? I had to think about it. I said, I don't want to do this. I don't know about this at all. And and sure enough, Amon Ra's value skyrocketed. Yes. And Chase Claypool's came down. And I was able to see that coming but so didn't JJ, and he brilliantly sent the trade. Yep. He just sent it to a guy who was just barely smart enough to resist. Barely. Because I was close. And 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 the smarter you get, the more now people will listen to that and be like, dude, you almost traded for that. No, no, yeah. Everybody would have done that at some point. You go back far enough, everybody, everybody would have done that. That's how that fucking works. And and when these things start to 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 coalesce and they 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 cross paths, it's exactly what we're talking about with Ramondre. Will he in six months? You know, all of a sudden be like, yeah, he's the RB1 fucking, you know, he's going in the second round and uh, underdog fantasy or whatever. You know, oh, my God. Yeah, he's awesome. And then you're like, yeah, uh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, he fucking no, no, no. Yeah, he's falling off or whatever. Or, oh, Javante's still not playing or whatever. Right. So now the that value has changed and flip flopped where Ramondre is more valuable than player X. And that's where you can really take the value. And that's why when we're talking about like Chubb, Mixon, Dalvin, Josh Jacobs, those are more easy because we can certainly see how. Even right now, he's probably as good a chance to score 15 to 20 points as those guys. And he's also younger and in a better spot to accrue value going forward. Absolutely brilliant. And 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 what JJ could have done was to overpay, right? To say, hey, listen, I know yada, yada, yada. What if I give you yada, 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 two seconds or something? If he'd have done Chase Claypool in two seconds, I probably would have said yes. Why would I have said yes? Because the value would have been, the perceived value would have been too much. And he would have won on actual value, but I would have won the perceived value of the trade deal at that moment. And that's where those yeah. two and, and the, Yeah, and that's where, you know, you mature as a gamer or a dynasty yes. gamer. And you start to realize that it's, if you're if very, and it kind of goes back to what we started with, like the beginning of the show. It's like the short-sightedness of a trade. Like, are you thinking in the now? Which, hey, if you have a goal and you achieve winning the championship off the short-sighted move, fine, great. It paid off, great. But if you miss, then the the detriment, the downside of that is is, is far greater. And that's yes. where you have to be very critical and very strategic and really think these things through versus looking on a scale and then saying this side weighs more. So I'm going to take that side because yep. you don't, you take that fruit home. And then by the time you get home, that fruit's rotten and you're like, yeah. I can't eat this. <laughs> right. You know? So, yes. yeah, man. So it's, and again, it, we can play, you know, hindsight and we can, yes. we can play like, Oh yeah, we know what's up now because we fast forward it. But no, like that's, that's the, the, the risk of a trade. And when people say you got roasted or you lost this trade or you won this trade. Yeah. Maybe right now I did, but, you don't really know until it's all said and done, right? You really have to That's fast right. forward two years to really see, did you really win? Did that player really hold that value? And then the trajectory, because the Chase Claypool on Monstrate Brown is a great example. Like their trajectories were like literally like inverse, right? Like yes. as Amonstra and Brown went on a rocket up, Chase Claypool went on a rocket into the ground. Like yes. Almost like 
if you like put a mirror at that to moment, them, yes, yeah, at, at, if you put a mirror to like to their trajectories from then until now. So yeah, it's not as simple as like, oh, you know, smash this because the value is higher because you just don't know. You that's just right. Don't know. That's right. And then, and, 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 um, and that's why there's a bit of, you know, your opinions matter and, and generally selling on hotness is why we do that. Right. I mean, as soon as someone is sort of reaching a peak of value, that's why you sell on it because it's probably more likely that they'll fall from their lofty heights, then they'll gain even more value from there. And if a guy has dipped, you know, let's face it, the JK Dobbins dip was probably there for us. Um, you know, if, if for many um, to have purchased some, some really, really nice real estate on the JK Dobbins Island. And now he's coming back. He's off the injury report for week 16. It looks like when you watch him that his leg is filled with cement and he's just dragging the left one along. But somehow or another, he's averaging like 10 yards a carry over the last two weeks. Dude is fucking special. Uh, he's one of those guys too. Remember like at the beginning of the year, he's like, I'm not fucking hurt. I'll be fine. And then they were like, yeah, your knee's all fucked up. He's like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like this guy's cuckoo crazy, which is awesome. Uh, and I, I think a lot of players might not be doing what he's doing with his situation. I'm really hopeful that he's okay uh, through this year and that he doesn't do any further damage and that he's himself next year. All that being said, what do we do with him this week? Um, are, are you uh, interested in any uh, J.K. Dobbins at home against Atlanta, even though you're going to have uh, the backup quarterback with Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I have him, you know, firmly in RB2 range. You know, there's some of the guys I have ahead of him. I mean, even like McKinnon, we were talking about him, like, you know, kind yeah. of chasing, right? I'll be chasing the points here. But looking at, you know, the last few games, I mean, he's getting targets. Right, I don't think they're gonna really go away from that. It's working. Talking about McKinnon now. Yeah, McKinnon and Dobbins. Yeah, look, Dobbins is probably you're right. Dobbins hasn't gotten targets, and he's only gotten enough touches to get there if he's getting ten yards of carry. So I think he's actually a bit of a fade, even though it's a great matchup. He may be a little bit of fool's gold. Obviously, he's just dope. Let's talk about McKinnon. McKinnon, RB one in the entire league, two straight weeks, and. uh I, I, you mentioned it earlier. Who was it? You said, oh, it was about uh, uh, which player you were right about. Oh, Joshua Kelly or whatever. I was, um, I've, I had a tweet from 2018. 2018, a tweet. Twitter actually existed back then. It was real. I had a tweet from 2018 where I was like, Jarek McKinnon, 100% dynasty uh, roster ship or you know, shares or whatever I said. And I quote tweeted, it said, finally paying off. Finally paying off. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking crazy. Just, I've been waiting for this moment for fucking five years. Just so you know, five long years. I wore this uncomfortable hunk of metal, uh, you know, and look, I'm so excited about Jarek McKinnon. There's a little bit of point chasing going on if you're playing him, but it's such a juicy matchup. It's so hard. Um, where do you have Jarek McKinnon? I mean, let's, let's, let's just, I, I need to cool off. Can I change my pants real quick? I'll be right back. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I mean, I feel like if you have him, you got to start him. You know, I mean, you got to find gotta a way find to, a way to get him you in. Gotta right? find it. You got to get. Yeah. I mean, as as an RB three, I mean, he's an RB two with like extreme upside, right? right? I mean, he's firmly in like. I wouldn't put him into like. 
Maybe I mean I put him into RB one range. I mean, like, right? I I probably want to start him over like Etienne, Chubb, Harris, Sanders. Maybe yeah, like Chubb has a great matchup, but he's been a little balky, and that team's been awful. It's like if you had Chubb McKinnon f- for your life, who's going to score more fantasy points? It's like, I mean, in a PPR setting, especially if you're fl- playing full PPR, he's getting like eight to ten targets a game. This this McKinnon, and you know Seattle is. <sighs> Look, the, the good thing about Seattle is their defense is bad, but their offense is pretty good. So, like, they might score enough to, like, keep Kansas City having to score. And if that's the case, man, I mean, did you see the game that uh, Mahomes had last week? It was, like, 36 of 41, the highest completion percentage of all time uh, with, uh, you know, like, he was just fucking awesome. Uh, it was just a Pacheco fumble and a couple, like, weird plays. But, like, if they, if they have to keep moving the football – McKinnon is just so, so good. And I know Seattle's a bit of a run funnel, but you can't really run funnel the Chiefs. They're going to throw it a lot regardless. I mean, Houston was the same way. Houston was been a run funnel all all year, and they fucking torched him in the air. So I think either way, McKinnon kind of has to get there. Like, even if I tell you he's going to get five carries, five targets, it's still like, that's not great, but like that's kind of what he's gotten home with. He got home with like six carries, eight targets. You know, it's like fucking – yeah. He's getting but, home. But, but 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 he scored two touchdowns. Two in touchdowns, the air, right? I know. And he had I know. some really big chunk plays that you yes. can't really expect. No. But, he, but then, but then to his to a credit to him, like he's actually really explosive, and he's yes. already. I mean, given that he started off like really bad, he's now the RB twenty five in PPR. <laughs> I mean, just based on the last That's two awesome. weeks alone, which is <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but well, you, know, you know what I, else is happening though, Chalk? And here's the thing. If some people say, well, look, it's just touchdown luck, but he's also played two of the three most uh, snaps uh, in the last two games. So, you know, of the three games he's played the most snaps, two of them were the last two games. You know, the first amount, you know, the most snaps he's played all year was the last two weeks and the third most was the last two weeks. So he's getting more playing time. He's getting a few more carries and he's getting a lot more targets. And I think this is the time when they're sort of saying, this is our guy. I mean, it's kind of crazy because like I literally was saying this about Jarek McKinnon, like this is what he was born to do. Like this is the role. It's like, how did, how did they miss this? It's like, you just need a grinder with him and Pacheco is fine for that. I mean, he's an explosive little grinder, you know, but uh-huh. um, it's like, fine. Yeah. Give Pacheco 10, 15 carries a game. Let him, cause he's, you know, a tough little guy to tackle, man. And then let McKinnon get, you know, they, they just run McKinnon so that it's not like, oh, we clearly pass every time he's in. Like, you have to run him here and there so the defense is honest. But that's all they do. It's like four to seven carries a game. But here's the thing, as you point out, when McKinnon does get those carries, he's he's got some pop. Yeah, he does. I mean, he has the juice. I mean, yeah, so he has the, he definitely has the upside. He has the speed. My, my, you know, my concern, and it's probably, you know, not that founded in, in a lot of strategy here, but... You know, last three games he scored five touchdowns. Yep, like touchdown chasing. Yep. Yeah, you know it's like yep. I, I don't know because like the last two weeks yep. he put up over thirty in both games. Like you said, RB one overall. The week before that against Cincinnati in week thirteen, he you know put up fourteen points in PPR, but because he scored a touchdown, right? So, but then you know since then he you know he's getting nine and eight targets, right? So the usage has gone up. You know, the snap percentages have, have gone up over the last two weeks. And because he's playing so well, I can only imagine that it's going to keep going up or at least stay where it's at. And even if he doesn't score the touchdowns, he's still putting up like 15 to 18 points, which is 
around the average of like Romanji Stevenson, right? Yeah. We just talked about. So he, he, he's had yeah. some really scary floor games. That's the problem. Exactly. Like like a couple of games ago against uh, at the Chargers, you know, he played pretty good snaps. He got six carries and one target. You're like against the Chargers. Like how did I don't even remember the the flow of that game? Why it was so bad? But like. He scored one point. It's like, that's the problem. It's like, you're just like always afraid that you're going to get these floor games, you know? And, um, but since that, I mean, in the last uh, one, two, three, four, five, like uh, seven weeks, he's had eight, eight, six, nine, eight targets. And then two with like one and two. It's like, wait, what are these one and two fucking situations? You know, it's like, you know, that's the only concern. Like literally, because if you tell me he's going to get, six or seven or more targets, it's like, perfect. That's fine. That's good enough. Cause he's going to get five or six catches and PPR. That's five or six points and 50 yards. That's 10. He's going to get, he's going to get home. He's going to get 10. He's going to be okay. And then if he does have any big plays or touchdowns or rushes or whatever, that's fine. I just want to know he's going to get that five plus targets or more, obviously more would be better, but you know, that sort of good amount of targets so that he can because he catches everything it's just a little dump off you know it's not like you know it's not five wide receiver targets five running back targets usually means four or five catches so again I'm, I'm totally fine it's just the one and two targets that he received over the last uh seven games was a little peculiar to say the least yeah yeah so you know he has the, he has the upside but the floor is a little scary you know? scary so, so that's what it is consider yeah, the floor is the the floor is the is is the is the scary part of this deal. And um, you know, speaking of targets, um, you know, I think uh, the wide receiver landscape has a couple of uh, traps potentially. I think one of them, and I know you asked me about it pre-show, and I'll mention it here, is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, there, it's going to be shitbag central quarterback situation, uh, no matter who plays in Arizona. They're going against, uh, you know, Tampa Bay at home. I don't really give a shit if they're home or away, but uh, Carlton Davis, is that his name? Am I getting that right? Yeah, Carlton Davis, yep. Dude, he's a fucking, he's awesome. I would imagine he's going to be lined up against DeAndre Hopkins. I would imagine he's going to take it personal, and I would not want to play DeAndre Hopkins in any way, shape, or form. He obviously has the chance to get there, but I think there's more opportunities for him to to fall flat with the with the quarterback play, the game script, and the the coverage that I'm terrified of all Arizona pass catchers. So I'd be avoiding uh, at almost all costs. But um, I'm not sure what you think there. Yeah, no, I I agree. You know, I mean, he was shaping up to be a league winner right after that suspension, and he was putting up you know some elite numbers um, for a while, and then you know, of course, with the Kyler injury, and you know, with Colt McCoy, he was still. Yeah. Up okay numbers and he was yep. still kind of buoyed but yeah with now third string quarterback trace mcsorley like you can't you can't do that you know like you got to play him if you got him but you know if you have some other options you know that you you, know, you have a stack stack team or a deep team that you know you might want to consider playing like even like a garrett wilson over deandre hopkins yeah um, i'd definitely play garrett wilson over him uh for sure even with the shitty zach wilson not the awesome justin fields at quarterback in new york i'd still play garrett wilson well ahead yeah, yeah. And then like, you know, Christian Watson, I mean, that's a name that I was thinking about, you know, if if I need the upside, like I just need the points. Aaron Rodgers like seems like he's trying to make a final run at it. You know, maybe maybe you consider playing Christian Watson over Hopkins, you know, maybe it's, maybe he's kind of shooting for the stars there a bit. Um, you know, Mike Williams, I mean, I think I think you got to play Mike Williams probably over DeAndre Hopkins as well. Well, I think um, I'd definitely play Christian Watson ahead of him too. I I think I'd be moving DeAndre Hopkins way down because when you look at the like for your life 
you know, DeAndre Hopkins has a, a great floor normally, and that's what also gives him, you know, ease of playability because you know he's just going to be a target monster. But with this Trace McSorley situation, I'm not so sure any of those – he could have 10 targets and still have four catches for 30 yards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just such a bad quality of target to begin with. Now it's possibly goes off. Obviously, I understand he's awesome. But like I'd much rather, you know – hitch my wagon to Christian Watson, who's seen pretty consistent targets, you know, six or more targets in the last five games. And obviously some huge plays there too. He's going up against a Miami team that should be able to move the football against green Bay. Therefore make the Packers need to throw the football and who better to have a big play than the big play guy. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's seeing at least six targets. I mean, in the past, what, what, five, six weeks, five, six games. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, he, he's, you know, and so he has the, definitely the target share and on the team and he's getting, you know, he's on the field, like pretty much every play. Um, and he has a big play upside, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is looking to air it out, right? Like, yep. you know, definitely going to try to air it out. He's going to have to. And especially against the Miami team that, you know, has Tyreek Hill and Waddle and, you know, they're going to put up some points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, got to shoot for the stars there a bit. And I, I'm, I'm okay playing Watson over Hopkins. I think a, I think a big question is the Thursday night game. We talked about it. You know, you, you're talking about Garrett Wilson. I like Garrett Wilson a, a, a good bit this week. Um, you know, let's face it. If it was Mike White, we would love Garrett Wilson this week. So I think the only reason we're having any trepidation putting Garrett Wilson in is the, you know, the MILF hunter. Uh, other than that, you know, no, wheels up. I think Christian Kirk and Zay Jones are also pretty good plays. The question is who's going to be uh, – you know, being covered by sauce. And I don't think it's going to be Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's played about 70% slot. Um, and that means he's 70% of the time not being covered by sauce because sauce stays on his, on his side and won't be chasing anybody anywhere, especially Christian Kirk. So I like Kirk a little bit in this game and it's kind of a tough one because, you know, obviously Zay Jones has been, you know, balling out and seeing a lot of targets. I don't think that necessarily stops, but I think the quality of target will be better when Sauce Gardner is not involved, and i.e. that's Christian Kirk. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm with you. I have Kirk ahead of Zay. Um, although it's been like Jekyll and Hyde with them like all season, right? It's like I know. One, of the, one or the other is going to pop off, right? At the beginning of the season, it was Kirk. Then Zay Jones came on, um, you know, in midseason, and he's been doing really well, putting up, you know, a fantastic number. So that's nice to see um, for Zay Jones. Would you make it a point to find a way to fit Kirk in uh, on Thursday, or would you split the difference by taking a, a day or two to, you know, like if it was a close, you know, like I think I'd rather play Christian Watson over Kirk, right? Like I'd rather yeah. wait, you know what I mean? And and uh, does that make sense? Yeah, I would. I would do yeah. the same, you know. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Hopkins. I mean, I'd play Hopkins in a, a late Sunday game. Yeah. I'd play Hopkins over Kirk probably too. Yeah, like I think I'd wait and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to wait. You know, like if 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 Kirk goes off, it's like oh, okay, like damn, like you know, yeah. could have had it. But I think if he has some other options on the table, like it's worth waiting. Yeah. Um, but I still play Kirk over someone like a McLaurin, maybe. Um, Interesting. You know, because even though McLaurin's been coming on real yeah. strong, and I know, like I just said, San Francisco. I said earlier, San Francisco doesn't have a shutdown corner. They shut it all down though. Yeah, they shut it all down, right? And they get to the quarterback, right? And do. Like, if Heineke just keeps getting sacked and fumbling, then you know, then it, yeah. it's a wrap, you know. So well, and they're gonna they're gonna try and run that football, and yeah, it's a that's a that could be a game script that that doesn't bode very well for Washington, and they have minimal plays run and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't love uh, McLaurin. Um, I do kind of like Mike Williams this week, though. 
Yeah, that's um, what I was saying. Like, I, I, I like Mike Williams. I mean, you know, like we are talking about Herbert, right? Like, Herbert's due for a really big game, and I think he's going to go to his playmakers, you know? And, you know, I think I think we've been waiting for a Mike Williams, you know, uh, big game for a little bit. So I, I'm hoping to see, see him come out. And I, I haven't been a big Mike Williams fan throughout, but, right. you know, but I think, like, situations like this, like, it's a Monday night game, like, it's yep. a must win. Yep. You know, like all eyes on, on this team. And, Agree with all you know, this. Yes. Yeah, so I agree with all this. The Monday night game with the all eyes on me and we got to win. I totally agree. And I think that's a, a, a great take. I think they're going to, you know, the one guy I thought was going to be wheels up at this time of year. And we kind of covered it a little bit earlier with Deshaun is Amari Cooper. Um, you know, it was like, I thought Amari would take a little tick up when Deshaun got on the field, a little bit more pass heavy, a little bit faster pace, all the rest of it. None of that has come to fruition. Any chance you're playing Amari or, I mean, I've, I've been sitting Amari in a few spots where I've been riding him all year and I'm like, I don't feel all that bad about it. Um, I, I think I'm going to sit Amari in a few spots. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit him if I, if I can too. Like I just, he's too, he's too scary right now. Right. And it's kind of <laughs> goes back scary. to like his, it goes back to his history. It's like, yeah, you're going to like blow up for 40 or you're going to put up four, Yeah, you know, any given week. And you know, the way it's looking right now, it's not looking, you know, really ideal for Amari, especially in the offense. It's not, it's not clicking, you know? Yeah. I mean, when you're, when your playmakers like Chubb, you know, aren't, aren't really doing much, you know, and Deshaun, you know, and then you got Amari who's always been like kind of a question mark or just inconsistent where he's either WR1 or WR10. Like you just don't know. Um, I'm okay fading him, you know, and I, I would play people like, like we talked about Zay Jones and, you know, a bunch of the other guys. We what, just what about them. what about Drake London over Amari Cooper? I, I think I'd even consider something like that because Drake, I think, is going to get like maximum target. He's gotten huge target percentage with Ritter, which makes sense. You know, he's like he's like, where's the best player? There he is. I'm going <laughs> to fucking just try throw to throw it to this guy. Throw it to this pterodactyl who's like you know. So I think that's been good, and I think at least with London, like I would project, like if you're projecting targets. I would project Drake London for more targets than Amari Cooper this coming week. And potentially, you know, the only good thing with, no, actually they're, they're on the road. Yeah. They're both playing in shit weather. So, I mean, I just, I think I'd rather Drake London if I had to for my life. So yeah, there's some, there's some bad weather games. Cooper's going to be playing at home, Cleveland outdoors. Don't love it, man. Don't love it at all. My goodness. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm going to look for some of those good weather games and just try and stack the the, the games where I think there's going to be a good environment for scoring, um, you, you know, and look for those those spots. Like, you know, even a guy like Joshua Palmer, you know, starts to move up a little bit because of that environment. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I, you know, lean on lean on the on the games that are going to shoot out this week at the wide receiver position. Speaking of shooting out, we got to shoot the hell out of here, man. I've got stuff to do. These people don't want to hear us talking. Actually, they probably do. Those derelicts. They're awful, these listeners. I'm telling you, they're awful. Is that a, that, that's not a good commercial, is it? <laughs> no, I love my listeners. Our, our, my listeners are the best because uh, it's just awesome. I love it. The feedback is great. I love you all. You guys are so awesome. Go win some semifinals. Go get yourselves into the ship. Um, you know, I, I know I know Chalk's in a bunch of semifinals. I'm in a few, and I know y'all are too. So good luck. A very very cool weekend too, right? We get the we get the Thursday night game, then a bunch of shit on Saturday, Christmas Eve, and then all day Sunday, Sunday night, and Monday night. It's 
kind of awesome, actually. You know, I, I don't even have to spend any time with my family over the holiday. It's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like got, got football all week, uh, all weekend, and, you know, spend Christmas in front of the TV. You know, couldn't ask yeah. for anything else. That's going to be great, man. Thanks for coming on. You were great as always, man. I, I, uh, I hope to have you on again soon. Cause you're really awesome. Uh, your insights are great as you know. So, uh, uh, tell the people where they can't find you. Yeah. You can't find me on Twitter really anymore, but you could still try to check me out at one one chalk. But of course you can find me at the undroppables.com. Uh, every once in a while on this show, which is the only show I will ever make an appearance again, uh, going <laughs> forward. Um, just because, you know, that's just what I'm doing these days. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. I hope you and all your listeners have a happy holiday season. And of course, you know, a healthy and prosperous new year. Um, you know, I think, you know, stay safe, you know, have fun and go win some ships. Yeah. Everybody really have a great Christmas, except you awful New York Jets fans. You guys can go eat it. Joking. I love you all too. Just, just joking. I actually do love Jet fans. They're, they're pretty good people. Giants fans, those motherfuckers, you, you can't even be around a Giants fan for more than about five or 10 minutes before you want to throw them off a bridge. Let me just tell you, those guys are the worst. But on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer that ever walked the earth, Michael P. Duncan. You have been joined by the chalk. And I am Jack Stockholm. And we are out. Oh, no.